Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. I'm excited for this year. I don't know about you, but I personally believe in my family, in my life, and in the days of this church that the best days are the ones that are to come, not the ones that are behind us. I truly believe that, that we have seen so much more ahead of us that we can accomplish together with God than what we've been able to do behind us as well. There's just kind of like this excitement, right? We got this kind of New Year excitement as we're kind of on the edge of something here together, as we're just kind of on the doorsteps of 2022. And we're in really kind of some defining moments of our culture and our society, are we not? I mean, like there's so much pressure, so much even angst and moments of tension of just different things going on that we kind of have so much going on around us. And maybe if you're anything like me over the last two years, you've been kind of wondering like, man, am I going to make the right decision? What am I supposed to stand up for? What am I supposed to stand down to? And just all this pressure and this weight of the world, and we're kind of in this moment right now of these disruptions that have caused this pressure to form. And if you're anything like me over the last two years, you've probably also been in a constant state of searching for normal. Just searching. Like, I want life to be back to normal. I want things to go back to the way that they, they were and just be in this constant search. And it gets me wondering, questioning, seeking God. And I think what God would would have for us is not to want to keep searching for normal, but to stand in the reality of what is. To not focus on the what ifs we had everything like they used to be, but to stand in the what is that this is the reality that we're in. And so the question is, are we going to stand and move forward within it? What, What if 2022 was the year that people knew more about what you were for than what you were against? What would that look like for you? What would that look like for the relationships that people know exactly what you stand for, not necessarily maybe what you stand against? You need to stand against things, don't get me wrong. But what if you boldly proclaim the things that you were for ahead of time? What would this year look like? What would it sound like and feel like for you? In our time together, we're gonna to take a look at Deuteronomy, as I mentioned. Now, Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. Deuteronomy really just means remembrance. It's a book of remembering the story of God, the moral of the story. And we're going to look at uh, chapter 30, which is part of the prophecy of Moses. This is Moses prophesying to the Israelite people, the Hebrew people saying, Hey, here is what's to come. You've got days ahead of you. And here's what I need you to do. Now was, was Moses like saying the temperature is going to be this on this day and that, and you're going to get snow here. No, no, no. This is saying, Hey, your actions, here's what I need you to do. And so through chapters 29 and 30, Moses is prophesying during this time. He's speaking of things that are are to come. One of the things he wants them to do is to renew their covenant, renew their commitment to the Lord. He's saying, no matter where you go, now this is pre-promised land, okay? Pre-promised land, pre the the places that, that God had said that they would get to. He says, no matter where you go, here's what I need you to do is to make sure you always remember and you turn to the Lord. No matter where it is that you might go, do, do that. He says, no matter what, turn your back towards, not turn your back towards God, turn back towards God. And you're going to live a life of prosperous, a life of blessing, a life of abundance. 
But if you don't, he gives them the other side of the coin as well. If you don't, you'll live a life of destruction, of destroyed. You'll look around and nothing will remain. And he just begs them to, to turn towards God. And as we pick it up in chapter 30 and verse 11, he says this, Moses says, now what am I, <clears throat> what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who's going to ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it, nor is it beyond the sea. So that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and to proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, no, no. He says, the word is very near to you. In fact, it's in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. What God is speaking to Moses to reveal to his people is that you don't need to have some far-fetched things, some far-fetched reality of what you're looking for. No, no, no. It's everything you need to turn towards God you already have. Can I tell you, church, everything you need to turn towards God you already have. It's just a choice you have to make to live this kind of life. And then he keeps going in verse 15. It says this, see, I set before you today life and prosperity. He's starting to bring the, the tension back into the conversation. Life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you're gonna live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. God told them, hey, you're gonna get to this place, and this this promised land. He's like, hey, if you continue to follow the Lord, if you continue to do what the Lord says, like when you get there, you're gonna continuously live in this abundant life, this blessing of what it is. But the tension point is if you turn your heart toward, or turn, if your heart turns away, and you're not obedient, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed and you will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. It's kind of interesting, right? He's like, turn to the Lord. But if you don't turn to the Lord, if you bow down and worship other gods, and I think for us, sometimes we're like, well, that's really weird. Why would they worship other gods? But I think especially around New Year's, what do we do? We make these things called New Year's resolutions. I'm not one to make them because I'll be honest, I don't keep them. But some of you are really good at it, right? You eat, you're like, I'm gonna resolution, I'm gonna eat healthy, and you actually do. And God bless you, that's amazing. I just can't do that very, like I have to do other things to make habits and things like that. That work, But I think around this time of year, the gods that we worship are worshiping gods of fitness, maybe finances. I'm going to get this stuff right. I'm going to get this stuff right. And we focus so much in on going to the gym that we forgot to pick up the scripture. We forgot to spend time with the Lord. We, we bow down to these other things, this training program and four-step process to lose 20 or, or to do this or to do that. And we get so fixated and focused in on this kind of promise that we've tried to create for ourselves, but the reality is the promises that have been given to us are, are spiritual promises, they're heavenly experiences that we can have, but our resolutions typically are worldly conditions that we attach to them. And those are the, the gods that sometimes we can worship in this moment, but in, as Deuteronomy says, as moment Moses is going on, he's like, hey, don't bow down to those things. Don't, don't, don't hear me wrong, like eating healthy, getting your finances right, all those things are great absolutely great, but they come second to turning towards God. 
Like God is first and then great finances and great health, like all those things come, come next. Don't make those your God, make God your God. But at verse 19, he says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give you to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meaning the promises that God has already given will be fulfilled. Turn your hearts to him. And I think about Moses speaking these words. And I think he's just like speaking this prophetic word to the, to the Hebrew people. He's like, I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses. It's like this, this commitment, this covenant that's gonna happen and it's gonna be like kind of so cosmic in nature that the heavens and the earth are going to bear witnesses to the life that you choose, people. What are you going to choose? They're gonna serve and bear witness to the life that you are choosing to live. He's like, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Now choose life. He's like, I'm giving you some choices to make, but choose life. And the word choose in Hebrew is this word bahar. All right, it's 2022. It's time to learn Hebrew. You guys ready for me? Ready? Repeat after me. Bahar. Okay, pretty good. Better than the 830 service. A little bit, a little bit more rambunctious, a little bit of extra coffee gets you there. But this word bahar, this word means like what you choose, you are proclaiming is the best possible way to live. And studies show that we have some 35,000 plus choices that we make every single day, which means we have 35,000 plus opportunities to proclaim that what we're doing is the best possible way to live. It's either going to bring life or death, profound blessings through the things that God has given us, the resources, the gifts, the talents, the opportunities for the sake of one another or profound levels of pain, of anxiety, extra stress, collateral damage, unhealthy motives, depression. And I keep thinking about the power of our choices and that they literally, they're just like that. It's like we have this opportunity to do something amazing and bring life or we have an opportunity that the world calls human error. It brings death brings destruction. I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. What if we looked at every decision this year in 2022 as an as a opportunity to make one that proclaims that this is the best possible way for us to live? That whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm proclaiming this right here is the best possible way for me to live, is by doing this, not because it serves me, not because it, it, it kind of tickles the desire inside of me, not because I saw somebody else doing it and so that seems right. No, but what if it was like, I'm gonna choose this because hey, maybe I did see somebody else doing it, but I'm gonna choose it because I believe that this is the best possible way for me to live. Boldly proclaiming and believing in that. What would this year look like for us? How would that feel? How would that be different? In fact, think about it this way. Every religion that's out there tells a story. 
Every religion tells a story. Now, now most religions actually tell their stories through idols, through buildings, and through kind of weird, crazy rituals and things like that that happen. But Christianity, with the one true God, doesn't tell the story through, of God through idols, through buildings, or weird, crazy rituals. No, Christianity tells a story that God put his image into humanity. Whereas the other religions are, I'm going to take the image of what I think God looks like or the characteristic of what that is, and I'm going to create it for other people to know. God says, no, no, I put my image into humanity. And how they choose to live is going to show how they love me. How they choose to care for one another is going to show the characteristic of how I care. How they choose to help those who are hurting is going to show how I care. He put the image of who he is and his characteristic in us. Oh, that we would choose life. Now, 2022 is going to have its year ahead of us, right? Like we've got a year ahead of us. And so this is not a survival guide. You've probably heard this, right? God doesn't want us to survive. He wants us to thrive. And I would totally agree with that, that he has given us a life to live and a life that's lived to the fullest. He wants the best for his people. That's what a good father does. And so I'm not gonna give you the how to sustain your life in 2022 thing. No, I'm gonna give you some things that you can actually improve upon your life this year as well. How can we live a life that thrives? How do we choose that life that Moses was kind of weighing in the, in the process there? And at the end of our time together, as was mentioned, we're going to have an opportunity to reflect on who Jesus is and what he did through uh, the taking of communion. And I just couldn't think of a better way to kick off the new year than being together in community and reflecting on Jesus. But let me give you just a few of these thoughts Uh, out of God's word that I think for us, and I believe for us, that will help us thrive this year. Not survive, but help us thrive, help us change. That this year, 2022 is gonna be different than 2021. That we won't get to the end of, you know, December 31st of this year and just say, what just happened? But we'd get to the end of the year and say, wow, I'm glad I did that. My life is in a different place than it was. Here's the first thing I wanna tell you is this, is the decision, a choice that we need to make is to choose joy. Choose joy. Can I tell you, in fact, you already know this, there are moments in your life that's gonna happen in 2022 that will not be enjoyable, right? Because you, you, you just lived 2021. I can guarantee that there were moments in your life that were not enjoyable, I had a lot of them. You probably had a lot of them. And so we're gonna be in situations and circumstances that are not enjoyable. However, you know this, that we can choose joy ahead of time. We can choose how we're going to react and act in those moments. We can choose joy. Make no mistake about it. Joy, choosing joy, it's a choice made, not a feeling felt. Because if you wait for the situation or the circumstance to happen to you before you react, what happens? You end up doing it in an emotional roller coaster of trying to make the right decision in that moment. And you do it all based off of emotion and not based off of predecided choice that you need to make. And so you need to choose joy. We need to choose joy. The Apostle Paul, who authored many of the books in the New Testament, he gave us kind of some keys to what does this look like about choosing joy? And what does it look like about uh, living a life that's just content, that no matter the situation and circumstances, he's deeply rooted in what he's already chosen and made. And as he's describing this in some of the letters to the churches 
In 2 Corinthians, he says that he's uh, is continuing a thought. He's like, I've been faced with death. I've been beaten, but I'm not dead, right? I've been beaten, but I'm not dead. And then he says this in verse 10. He says, I'm sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. I've had things happen to me, yet guess what? I'm, I'm gonna rejoice. I'm poor, yet hey, making many rich. I have nothing, yet I possess everything. And all of that, he goes on to say, is because of what Jesus has done in him and through him and for him. Because being beaten, maybe to the point of death, like that's not an enjoyable moment. Being called an imposter, an imposter, that's not an enjoyable moment as well. Being, being wondering if like he's even gonna survive going to prison, like all these terrible things that happened to him or what people said about him, none of those are enjoyable. And can I tell you, in, in fact, this is your story as well. Right, it's my story as well, is that the life that we live, right, we just live this life, right, it's like before Christ, hashtag living my best life, when in reality, it's like hashtag living my worst life now that I look at it, right, just going out and doing all these different things, then I make a decision, like, hey, I'm gonna follow Jesus, and I'm gonna go all into this thing, and I think it's gonna be sunshine and rainbows, and it turns out it's not. I get ridiculed, I get abandoned by friends, I get made fun of by people, of being one of those Jesus People, but there was times in my life prior to that where I'd look in the mirror and not even recognize who was looking back at me. But then I give my life to Christ and all those things are happening. I'm like, man, is this really what it is? But what I've discovered and what I've found is what Paul says as well is that we need to make the choice now to choose joy. Because when the situation comes and you are getting maybe made fun of by friends because of the decisions that you're making. You've already decided that, yep, I'm gonna choose joy. Paul says it's part of the will of God of our lives is to choose joy. He says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. He says this, rejoice always. Not rejoice sometimes when like the, the, the temperature's right and, and all these, no, it's rejoice always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So those three things, rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks are all part of the will of God for your life. A question that I get asked all the time, what's God's will for my life? Well, part of it's rejoicing. And so now that we all know that, let's choose it. Why wait another six months and then decide to choose it? We already know that we can operate in the will of God and of our life by rejoicing now, by choosing joy. What would this year look like if before every conversation you went into, you said, you know what? I know that this is going to be tough, but I'm going to choose joy anyways. I'm going to, conversation with my boss, not going to be my favorite. I'm going to choose joy anyways. Some things happen to my family. I'm going to choose joy anyways. I'm going to enter into this situation, this season a little bit different. The second thing that I want to give you today is also found in that same verse when Paul says to give thanks in all circumstances, I want to encourage you to practice gratitude this year. When you choose joy, you'll be more joyful. You'll be able to enjoy more moments, even the moments that don't seem enjoyable. You'll have a, a way to do it. And by doing so, you're ultimately also be, going to be able to practice gratitude. What is gratitude? It's not just like, hey, thanks. Gratitude's not like head level. It's heart level. It's like from the depths of who 
you are. It's this opportunity to give thanks in all circumstances. And guess what? Not all circumstances are gonna be great, but it's an opportunity for us to, to give thanks in those moments. Why? Not because of anything we've done, but because of who God is. I'm reminded of King David in the Psalms. I love going through the Psalms every, every once in a while, just like picking a few and just reading through them and just seeing David's words. And he writes this kind of like some deep at the core level songs of this gratitude heart, this grateful spirit that he has. And one of my favorite ones uh, over this last month or so has been Psalm 103. And it, it says this, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, crowns, your lo- crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. The depths of David here is praising God. He's reflecting on what God has done. He's remembering the things that God has done for him. And I've just been thinking about that. Like, why was David so thankful? Like, did he take a, go to crash course, take the spiritual gifts test, he became thankful, and he was like, oh, that's what they said, so I'll do it. Was he like spiritual gift, like Enneagram kind of thing, like thankfulness? Okay, perfect. I will start being more thankful. I think it's from the depths and the core of who he is. I just looked at a timeline of David's life. And I think maybe the situation might be different, but the circumstances around it, we can all relate to this. There was a moment in David's life when he was overlooked by family. But maybe in that moment, he realized, you know what? I am thankful because God didn't overlook me. Maybe there's a moment in your life where you feel overlooked, but now you can recognize and look at and say, God, He didn't overlook me. He knew exactly where I was at. What about in the battle against Goliath? He was a little boy. Stats, the odds are up against him, but maybe he's thankful of the fact that God told him to be who he was and to grab the things that he needed to grab and to fight the way he needed to fight. Maybe he realized that God was with him in that moment. Maybe he was thankful because of of that. Maybe he was thankful because when later on in life, he had this passive aggressive leader in Saul who kept him close only to keep an eye on him so that way he could uh, potentially take him down, which later on we find he's running for his life from Saul because Saul's trying to, to kill him. Maybe David's thankful because he honored the leader at the time and he was also protected in, the, in those moments from God. He was given wisdom on what to do and the, the courage to keep moving. Maybe David was thankful because he had somebody like Jonathan in his life. Jonathan, who was just a great friend of his. In fact, he was the son of Saul, but he was closer to David and they were unified. And as they would go and do these things, Jonathan was there. Maybe he was just thankful for friendship. For that one person who would just be sticking closer to him than a brother. Maybe he was thankful for Nathan, who was a prophet who called him out when the things weren't going the way that that David should have been doing things. Maybe he was thankful that he had somebody in his life that was holding him accountable to the actions, to the decisions that he was making because there was a decision that he made that he sent out the army and then he told the army to back up and so it would kill Uriah. Why did he want to do that? That seems weird. Well, it's because he slept with Uriah's wife and he wanted to hide it up, hide it. And so he had the man killed. So, but maybe he was thankful that even in those dark days and those moments and he had the accountability of Nathan, he realized that he was forgiven but he wasn't shut out from God. That God used even the darkest days of his life, the bad situations for a divine 
purpose, can I ask you, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? Where are there moments where you can practice gratitude as you look back at your life and you can say, man, God showed up then. And I think maybe even for us, that we look at the hindsight life of David, and I think for us, hindsight is a great thing to look back to, to see what God has been doing. In fact, <clears throat> for Christmas, Kelsey, my wife, you know, she asked, hey, what do, you, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, you know, send her a couple of like golf things, that's what I like to do. But then I also sent her like three or four journals, these notebooks. Now, full disclaimer, um, I asked for a notebook. If you give me a notebook, like I don't need one. I got three of them for Christmas, so I don't need one. Um, I will take a notebook and it'll probably be a good, no joke, six to 10 months until I realize what I should actually write in the notebook. Sometimes up to two years, I've had a notebook blank, not sure what to write into it. I know it's super weird and I don't know why it is that way, but that's just kind of how I think. I'm like, I don't want to commit to writing one thing. Like I just, I got it. It takes me time. Okay. I don't, it is what it is, but she gives me this notebook and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just what God was doing through me and what he has been doing through me or in this message and this time of preparation that I just knew like the next day that this was gonna be a gratitude notebook for me. And I'll be honest with you. I've heard maybe even Pastor Colby say, but other people like preaching messages, saying whatever they're saying, they're like, you need a gratitude journal. And I've always felt like that was so childish and like borderline like crazy. Like why would I take a notebook and write down like, Oh, I'm thankful for golf clubs. You know what I mean? Like, why would I jot down all these things? But for something happened, God's doing something in my life. And I decided, okay, I'll, I'll do it. So I started writing down some stuff. I'm like, man, I'm thankful my wife's a good cook. Come on, right? <laughs> Pleasure of enjoying coffee. That's, I like that one, right? So I started writing some different things down. As I start writing, what a, some things that I'm thankful for, I realized, man, there's so much going on in my life that I can be grateful for maybe grateful for the fact that I live in the United States of America and I have the ability and the freedom to be able to stand here today to talk to you and to be able to have that kind of freedom to declare the name of Jesus. And then, then I just kind of keep going. Some, one day I wrote down like 10 things. It was amazing. I was like, man, I'm grateful today. And the other day I wrote down one, right? But I just jotted something down. And what it does, it gives me an opportunity to sit here, you know, every morning or so and just kind of think of the things that God has done in my life and to practice Gratitude, just to jot some things down because personally, I'll forget. And what a year would go by of me not being able to really remember who Jesus is if I just forget the things that I can be thankful for. Some of the simplest things to maybe some of the healing that's happened in my life. To maybe some of the healing and the restoration that I've been able to be a part of in other people's lives through prayer and things. I just wanna encourage you this year to practice gratitude. It's completely changed. I've actually relearned and been able to reimagine what does it look like to have gratitude in my life and I've learned how much it changes and alters the condition of my heart. And can I tell you that the conversations I've had this week, the stressful situations that I've been in and whatever it may be, my, I've entered into those conversations way different because I've already started off the day thanking God for what he's given me, even if it's just one thing. I wanna encourage you to choose joy this year. Choose joy. And when you choose joy, you're going to practice gratitude. And when you practice gratitude, you're going to choose joy again because you realize how much you can be thankful for and what God has done. The last thing I want to give you is this, is to remember Jesus and remember the cross. Remember Jesus and remember the cross. As we navigate this new year, can we not forget Jesus? And you're like, what do you mean? 
forget Jesus. We're in church. How can I forget Jesus? I, I can. So maybe I'm just speaking to myself, but I think we need to stay focused, laser focused on who Jesus is, remembering what he's done for us, what he's done in 2021. There's been so many blessings probably in every single one of our lives right next to pain. There's been so much pain in our lives as well, but can we remember Jesus and the life that he lived through those as well? If you're anything like me, your worst event and your best event typically happen right near each other. But it's just opportunities for us to remember who Jesus is. Remember that why he came, right? We just came out of Christmas. It, Christmas is like this amazing event. Can we remember that Jesus came? Can we not forget Christmas? I know it was last year, but come on. It's this amazing divine uh, happening. Fully God, fully man, born in the most unlikely place, completely changing things forever. Can we not forget Jesus? And can we not forget why he came in the first place? He came for us to set the captives free so that we can live in freedom, sometimes physical freedom, but every time spiritual freedom. That he came to give us an eternal life that once was separated by sin has now been restored through a relationship with him. We need to remember Jesus and remember the cross. And when we remember Jesus, remember the cross, we see these words in Psalm 103. It tells us, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As for as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Our transgressions, our sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west, meaning from end to end, been completely removed. Lean in. We might have consequences of this past year, two years ago, three years ago, of decisions that we've made, some of those consequences and situations might still be there. But can I tell you, shame, the guilt, the condemnation, the anxiety, the depression can be completely removed in Jesus' name. We don't need to attach anything to our sin if our Savior's not going to. It's been removed as far as the East is from the West. I know it's so much easier for us to remember our sin and our screw-ups, but what if this year we remembered Jesus and we remembered the cross? And when we do that, we begin to choose life. And this like tension point that Moses is talking about of choosing life or death, blessings or curses, we remember Jesus and remember the cross and we begin to choose joy. And as we begin to choose joy, we start practicing gratitude. And as we start practicing gratitude, we're remembering what Jesus has done. And that's why we're practicing gratitude in the first place. And remember the cross. And then when we do that, we choose joy. And then we practice gratitude and remember Jesus in the cross. We remember that we were once slaves, but we have now been set free. Remember that there was con there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that we are more than conquerors. The choices that we make this year, church, will determine the type of breakthroughs that we're going to have. But we choose life. And we have to remember that Moses said it. It's not some far-fetched reality. That everything we need to have to choose this kind of life, we already have. It's very near to us. Oh, that 2022 
would be a year that we would choose life. We would choose life. We would turn towards God in every situation and in every season. Would you stand with me this morning? I just kind of feel like in this moment, this new year, Maybe for some of us, we've just been like kind of stacking all these decisions that we need to make, but we haven't made yet. And now it's like when I have to choose all these other things as well, can I encourage you to start here? To remember Jesus first. Remember the cross. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? I know right now with so much pressure, so much weight, maybe so much angst on decisions that we need to make or don't need to make and what to stand for, what not to stand for. The enemy might be trying to hold you back right now. The enemy is trying to tell you, you can't choose life. These great ideas that are being brought up, you can't do that. You, you can't choose life. Can I encourage you right now to take that thought captive and hold it to the name of Jesus? Take that thought and remember Jesus and remember the cross. I pray that the Holy Spirit would fall afresh on you in a new way this morning. That this year would be a different year for you. That your best days are the ones that are ahead, not the ones behind because you're gonna choose joy. I pray that you would practice gratitude. That you would remember Jesus and you'd remember the cross. Continuing in this moment of prayer, I know that there are some of you that today is the day that you Realize that you need to choose life and not just life here on earth, but eternal life. Maybe in this moment you've realized that God's been drawing you near and maybe all the signs have been pointing towards him and today's a day you've recognized it. Now you know that today's your day. What, what, what's the day for? What's this eternal life about? Is that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son Jesus to you not to point fingers of the things that you've done wrong, no, but to set you free, to give you eternal life, that whoever calls in the name of Jesus would have an everlasting and an eternal life. And today, in this moment together, I wanna encourage you that if that's you, today's the day that you wanna choose that kind of life, an eternal life, a life with Christ. Would you just be so bold, with every head bowed, every eyes closed, would you just boldly proclaim the decision that you are making today to say yes to Jesus? That he, maybe he's been you know, knocking at your door for so long, but today's the day. Would you just slip your hand up all over this room or online? You wanna say yes to Jesus. Praise God for you. I see you in the back. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. God sees you. God knows you. He knows your heart. You can put your hand down. I wanna give you some language you can pray a prayer to accept Jesus into your life. There's nothing magical about it. What matters is that you believe it and the fact that God knows it. He knows your heart as you turn to him. You could say something as simple as this. Jesus, today, I give my life to you. I believe that you lived for me, that you died for me, that you were risen to new life for me. Today, Jesus, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. Today, Jesus, I choose life with you. I confess you as Lord and Savior. And from this moment on, I choose you, Jesus. And it's with all that I am that I come to you. 
It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.